Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. Like I'm interested in talking about human stories yes. through the filter of my tools as a designer and art director. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk podcast. This show is about commercial art, finding the balance between thriving financially and being creatively fulfilled, making money and making great art. I'm your host, Andy J. Miller. Illustration Age is our proud syndicate. You can find this show at illustrationage.com slash creative pep talk. Also on SoundCloud and iTunes and wherever there are podcasts. I really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, AndyJPizza.com, if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Today on the show, man, we've got such a sweet interview with Timothy Goodman, designer, illustrator, art director extraordinaire. This guy is truly fantastic. 
fantastic. I love what he's doing. You know, I brought him on the show because I think in our industry, uh, we all know how to play the instruments, but do we know how to write a beautiful song, a song that really, truly connects with people, not just other designers, not just with people that, um, you know, just our pack, but how do we connect with real people? You know, when clients come to us, they're not necessarily interested in our ability to connect with other designers. They want us to help them take their product or their thing and connect it with real people. And actually, that's a craft uh, that is really, really difficult. And I don't know if it's done that often, uh, truly, in our field. But here's a guy, you know, I've, I've watched him, his projects. He did a project with Jessica Walsh called The 40 Days of Dating. You've probably heard of it, where they catalog their own dating experience with each other and it's raw and it's visceral and it connects and actually it went viral it went mainstream it was on all the mainstream outlets like tv <laughs> these it went everywhere because it really resonated and so i wanted to bring him on the show to talk about his new project the 12 kinds of kindness uh that he's doing with jessica walsh and just kind of deconstruct what has he learned about connecting with people real people through design. So we talk about seeing your work as a gift, connecting with other people with your work. We talk a lot about being vulnerable and and knowing that you're going to polarize people by being yourself in your work. And uh, yeah, we get to all kinds of really fantastic things. I had a blast talking with Tim. I super appreciate him taking his time, uh, especially while he's doing this project, um, to talk with me and try to chat about these different things. I think you're going to get a lot from this. If you want to go check out his work, you can go to tgoodman.com. Go check out Jessica Walsh and his new project, 12 Kinds of Kindness. It's fantastic. It's a project about, it's a 12-step program uh, to be more kind. And they do some very, very vulnerable, interesting things on that project, like share some deep, dark secrets and experiences and new connections. And it's beautiful and it's human and it's fantastic. So thank you, Tim for coming on the show. It means so much to me. I know everyone's going to just get so much out of this. You're fantastic. Let's get to the interview. When you were a kid, did you have, was art a big deal to you? No. Uh, when I was a kid, um, music and sports and movies were a big deal to me. What was a uh, moment from back then? Uh, was there any particular song or band or uh, experience, a movie that you saw that hit you on, a, on an emotional way that you remember still today? Well, you know, it's interesting. Like back then I really connected to troublemakers, but yeah. like people like, you know, people that weren't, you know, people that still did it with a smile on their face, people you still rooted for, like Ferris Bueller yeah. or, you know, Zach Morris in, um, in Saved by the Bell. You know, these guys who kind of got over on authority but did it with a smile and you still kind of liked them and rooted for them. Um, and so I always liked people like that, those kind of characters. I always kind of, I don't know, I guess I fancied myself as, as someone like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> for the 
I think with music, I connected a lot because I was always looking for some sort of rapper, rock star who was rebellious um, that was talking about those kinds of things because I connected to that because I think I always I, I was very I had a lot of rage as a kid. Yeah, you know, and, and I think we've talked we talked briefly about this on email, but because you said you grew up without your mom, right? Yeah, yeah, and I without my father. And so I think there was always a bit of, in hindsight, I think about that and how how the people I like, NWA or all these heavy metal bands, yeah. Tupac, or all these people when I was like, you know, I was a kid that I connected to so much to and their mm. stories. And because they were kind of, they had this, they had this attitude like, you know what? I came here from nothing. I don't have a dad either. The world, like I'm making yeah. my mark. Kid, like you just, kinda, I would really get like connected to that and really get involved in that. And and I still get like that with musicians specifically. I have to really, um, I have to really be invested into who they are as a person. Yeah. And their whole, their whole, whole makeup, the whole story, the whole trajectory of their life. I get, I, so, so that becomes, that's what makes me like music. That's why I like Bob Dylan so much. That's why I like Kanye so much. Yeah. That's why, you know, there's these characters and I love the whole trajectory of their, their, their path. That's really interesting because, you know, um, you're saying that really their music is a conduit to connect with them as a person. And, and that's, you know, I don't, I don't think everyone experiences, are in that same way or for that same reason. But, uh, do yeah. so did you have a, a moment or actually let's, let's talk about, you said back then that you would connect with, uh, kind of the rebellious side of, uh, characters is that you said back then. So is that something that's changed for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I guess I still like it, but you know, I'm, I'm I like, the, <laughs> I like to think that I've evolved a bit, right. a bit more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's but fair. I still, you know, I still, I still get it. I still, yeah. you know, um, but I don't really have that. I don't, I also, you know, when I think about like art school mm-hmm. and I think about early in my career, I felt very competitive. Yeah. And that, that also drove me, you know, like I would see what people were doing and it would, it would make me want to do better. It would make me want to step my game up, mm. um, but I don't really. I haven't created. I don't feel like I've created in a long time because of that. Right. Whether it's commercial stuff or I don't really. I, sure, I can be inspired by what my peers are doing, and I and I love the work that they're doing, but it doesn't drive me the same way. And I think before, and that's because I think I've I've um I put that in the forefront. I realized that a while ago that that's why, I, and I didn't like that didn't feel healthy was there ever a time um when you were frustrated in your work um i don't know if there was ever a time i was frustrated but you have to you have to know though also too because like because i didn't go to college right away after high school and i was a horrible high school student who who i barely graduated yeah um i was smoking blunts every day (laughs) like i was like i had no ambition no future plans, didn't listen to anyone, didn't want to hear my, it. Yeah, my high school you know, experience uh, was pretty identical to that, I would say. Really? Yeah, Maybe. totally. Yeah. yeah. It was like that Kanye song, like, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it. And so I think because 
I had a hard reality after um, graduating high school and seeing all my friends go away and me being broken and, and um, my mom, you know, pissed off at me about all my decisions and and not being and then being in debt and like mm. you know climbing my way out of that and painting homes for a couple years um after that and you know really trying to face the music about what I was going to do with my life I think when you kind of by the time I got out of that and I was working full time and going to uh, community college in Cleveland full time and yeah. by the time I got my way to New York to go to SVA by that time, I was like, "This is this, it." Was like now or never. Yeah. It was like that was my job. Yep. I was gonna make it. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense because I, uh, you know, it wasn't until the first couple because I went to college right after high school, and it wasn't until the first couple years out where I was really struggling in real life that you know. I really switched on and actually I teach a class to undergrads at the art school, uh, locally. And it's one of the things that's a real challenge for me is the lack of experience that they have in the, in their inability to really take this seriously or understand how difficult of a mountain that they're really on. Like they just don't have, yeah, they, they don't have any sense of that. So I definitely, I understand like you're saying that, by the time you were making work, you were already in that zone. You already knew. Yeah, I didn't have that hurdle to go through. I knew I had already, you know, gone places with myself. <clears throat> yeah. That I didn't want to go again. So <clears throat> I haven't struggled as a graphic designer in that in that sense mm. because I've made I've all the moves I made from going to college for going to SBA. And after, um, are always with that those those experiences in mind. So every decision I make, every move I make, whatever, I'm always thinking about all of it because I'm always thinking about how how badly it sucked. Um, yeah. Um, early on, from from my from being in when I was 18 till I was about 22. So you know, I don't know. So yeah, it, it's, it's always something that I think about. It's always something that's with me. And I like that because it humbles me too. And it makes me think about, I mean, I still think like, man, like I could, you could be there in a second. I, I don't know. I feel like that with yeah. anything. I feel like I'd be homeless in a day. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I totally get that. I actually feel like even though I don't like to be driven by fear, I, I feel like I, there's a humility that comes with that, that keeps me you know, working hard and, and trying to be creative and try to, um, stay ahead of, uh, you know, I don't know, stay ahead of myself really. And, uh, yeah. so well, it's I, like, it's like, I know. And I think about like this idea of a job, you know, and it's like everything I try to do everything in my will to not have a quote unquote job, yeah, you know, it's like, do. like this common song where he says, I'm rapping for my life because I'm scared of a day job. Yes. Like that's not how I feel. Yeah. Like it's like, I want to bend and twist and shake and squeeze the most out of my life and yes. the most of my work without getting too caught up in the end game or the failures. Um, I just want to, you know, I just want to make and just practice and approach this whole thing as like a practice, not as a profession. You yeah, know? totally. So, and I actually, the, my motivation to create the podcast, which is really about, trying to share things that I've learned and other people have learned about being a, a commercial artist, someone who d does this for a living is just 
knowing that I'm, I don't fit well into employment and I actually thrive doing my own thing uh, and, and, and just trying to help other people do that. So I, I totally relate to that. Um, yeah. And when I say job too, I don't mean just like anyone who's like, I, I mean, there's plenty, plenty of people that, have, that freelance, you know, and it can still bog you down. Do you remember a moment early on in your life or, or one of the first moments uh, of really connecting with another person through art, like what one of your first memories of art really connecting to you uh, in a human way? Um, I mean, I, I remember the first moment when I started working for myself. Yeah. And that's that was four years ago, just about this time. It was Valentine's Day. Yeah. 2012. And I decided to do this project where I would um, – draw every single one of my Twitter followers a yeah. unique Valentine Day card. Oh, that's crazy. And I, I think I had about 1,150 at the time. And so I went from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Valentine's Day and tried to draw every single one a unique Valentine. And I think I did about – I was only able to do about 600 yeah. that day. I barely used the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> but it was an amazing feat because – here I am just, try, you know, and really trying to do is something unique for everyone. So I'd go through their list, you know, go through my list of followers and look at the bio or the, the name, you know, their name, their Twitter handle or their, their picture and really try to respond visually to that. So mm. it was this great challenge. But what I didn't realize upon doing that was how many people would write me back. Yeah. Oh my God! Thank you. You know, or you you made me a card, and and people yes. were making e cards and sending them back, and all of a sudden I was connecting people, having a dialogue just through my work, and my work was like some sort of gift for them. Yes. Um, and that was like a big light bulb that went on at that time because I didn't really, you know, a lot of times you, we just do these things and maybe we subconsciously know what we're trying to get out of them, but sometimes you don't. Um, you know, you yeah, just often like the purpose of something that we make is pretty abstract. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just want to, you just have this urge, you just need to make something, you know, you come up with an idea and you say, and I'll draw every single Twitter follower, you know, yeah. it's a fun idea, you know, like I'll be able to just, you know, it'll be a big challenge on how, how, what I can do visually. But then all of a sudden to, to have that kind of dialogue with people, um, was yeah, that was a big turning point for me in my mind. And, and so I want you, more of that. I want more of that feeling and more of those connections. I want to talk to you about the Sharpie book as well. Uh, okay. I take I took a look through that and I love that book. It's really uh, beautiful. And funnily enough, my uh, old address is in the book um, because uh, Eric Marinovich had sent me one of those envelopes, and so, so I noticed that. Oh, That's yeah, kind of weird. Right. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, uh, I wanted to just quickly talk about, I think maybe the inception of your Sharpie uh, obsession came from your work with the Ace Hotel. Yeah. Is that yeah, correct? That was, yeah, that was definitely the, the point. Yeah. And so did that, was that a, did you know when you were doing that work that there was something really no. special happening? I knew there was something special happening, but I didn't, it wasn't the intent. <laughs> yes. Right. You were just, you, know, you just, this is the way you chose to solve the brief. Exactly. I mean, at that point, I was like, I, I think I was probably about three years out of school. You know, I was just a traditional graphic designer. I never really drew. And it, I was just, uh, <clears throat> you know, I got this opportunity to do this, this 
these two walls in the Ace Hotel, and it just seemed logical to me. Obviously, you know, it's a mural, so I got to draw it by hand. Um, but I wanted to me, it was just about an idea, you know. And I and I've always really, you know, I'm I'm always an idea first person, but you know, it, the idea should dictate everything. So for me, it was just like, oh, I'm going to draw these 99 frames about everything I love about New York, and that could be passed to the common tourist. And I'm just, of course, I'm going to do that in this kind of in this kind of uh, you know quick and sketchy manner because that's what New York feels like to me the energy the imperfection of New York um, so yeah so I just did it and then all of a sudden it kind of um, you know created a, a whole new world for me in a, in a lot of ways so um, all of a sudden then started getting asked and hired to do these things more and more and then I was working at Apple while that was happening and so you know it gave me the confidence to finally quit yeah. Um, and work for myself and to try to juggle because obviously like I'm, I'm interested in a lot of things and I'm interested in still um, you know doing more traditional design work in, in the sense of like I don't always have to just draw to, to you know with my ideas and so <clears throat> you know that's I'm always wrestling with that too it's like you know how, you know like right now I'm doing a book jacket for instance you know and it's like you know, well, I'll give them one, the one Sharpie thing, and then I'll give them three other that have nothing to do with Sharpie. So, yeah. um, and so how so did that book come about? So the book just came about, I mean, you know, in the last couple of years, I've, <clears throat> I've pretty much drawn on everything. So yeah, I've drawn on cars for Ford. I've drawn on, you know, people, I've drawn on glass, I've drawn on walls. Um, so I've done, I've drawn on yeah. not, not. Not poop, <laughs> yeah. but quotes on. Yeah, um, you know, so it, it just you know I got asked to do. I got asked if I was interested in an idea around this, and then we kept talking, and then it it really just kept blossoming into this into this idea of creating a whole world for Sharpie and all these kind of you know showcasing my own work and all the things I do with Sharpie, whether it's the, the commercial work. But also a lot of personal stuff I've done through the years, like giving, you know, making mini frames for friends and uh, just, you know, how, how this can be a catalyst for so many things. Um, so I wanted to showcase that and I wanted to really showcase, you know, amazing artists from all over the world who use Sharpie in their work. So it was, a, you know, it was a really great opportunity to kind of put it together. I wanted to talk about the inception and the origin of the new project, but before I do that, um, and I've heard kind of you talk about you and uh, Jessica talking about your relationship issues and kind of the origin and inception of 40 Days, but um, what did that moment actually look like? When did you start? When did you start having that conversation of maybe we should do a project on this? Yeah, I mean, it, it happened right away. Um, when there was a def definitive moment we were in uh it was 6 30 in the morning at jfk airport in new york city and she and i and a couple friends were um going to art basel in miami together yeah and we uh she was heartbroken because a guy she was dating for just about a month um had broken up with her and she's always been, you know, she's this hopeless romantic jumping in quickly. Yeah. And I was kind of teasing her because of that. And that's, I mean, our relationship had formed. Uh, um, we'd become close because 
you know, we loved each other's work, but we also kind of always made fun of each other for our opposite problems. Yeah. I was kind of teasing her for, you know, you know, what are you in love with this guy? You've been dating him for a month. Yeah. You know, she's really heartbroken and, and she was giving me crap because I was feeling kind of crummy about dating a couple women at once and feeling like, what am I doing? What am I really this guy? Like, I got to tell one of them. I got to, I don't know. Like, yeah. and I was like, I don't know. And she was giving me for that. And that's when it started. And we had got on the airplane. By the time we landed in Miami, we had come up with the whole idea. Right. And so, uh, so that's you, that you uh, I, one of the things I talk a lot about is like, I think being good at, and as an artist and coming up with good projects and, and really knowing what your work should be about has a lot to do with being observant. And what yes. was it about being in that moment that you could notice that, Hey, these contradictions are something interesting that we could dive into. How, how did you had did you, had you trained yourself to notice stuff by by then or how did it pique your interest? I don't know. I mean, I just think that we have so much material in front of us. Yeah, you know, totally. You yeah, know, totally. The, the upness of all of us yes. is such interesting material. Yeah. Is um, it a visceral thing? Is it an emotional thing? Like you felt like you were feeling feelings, so you knew that. Some, yeah. There's something here. Have you have you have you trained yourself to notice when you're feeling something? Um, I think I don't know if I was doing it then, but I think since then, yes, yes. I think I'm very interested in how I feel. I think I'm very interested in um, what it means to feel, however I'm feeling. Yes, it's like the and and to understand that it's like the weather. It you know I yeah. can't explain why sometimes you know outside of Outside of like exterior uh, events happening that either make you sad or happy, mm. outside of that and just the everydayness of life, I can't explain. I don't think any of us can truly explain why one day I feel great and happy, and the next day I feel stressed, and it's you know, and yeah, like totally. And so to understand that it comes and go like the weather, and if I can just be present to that, you know, and just witness my life however it's happening and not try to fight it off. And I think one of the things I notice in your work is like, I liken it to uh, a, a stand-up comic where they clearly train themselves to notice when something is funny or when there's the seed of a joke or something. And there's like obviously emotional, visceral clues and they've trained themselves to notice because we all go through, you know, we all experience things that are funny or sad or whatever. Um, but rarely do artists have the capability to create from that place. And that's one of the things I've noticed from following you on Instagram and, and watching your work is that you often really can pick out these funny things or these kind of sad moments. Uh, and it definitely takes like a trained eye. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and that's in the last like year and a half when I started um, my different writing series on yeah. uh, Instagram. You know, and that that was kind of born because of Forty Days in the sense that if I hadn't done Forty Days, I wouldn't. I don't think I would be open to my vulnerabilities much, and I don't think I would. And I also wouldn't have the audience to to kind of you know share yeah. that with in the same way. So I think it it was just a natural progression, but. You know, it's it's coming up with those things, you know, 
and and writing you know it's like anything it's like even with this podcast and what you will edit down yeah. it's like you get that you get out a lot of stuff and you know it's just like designing if i'm designing a book jacket or something it's like i might yeah. make a million and then i start to narrow I'll take pieces from that and take pieces from that and put it together totally and that's like thing so it's it's the same with that it's like oh that's some there's something funny about you know <clears throat> you know if i say like you know um uh I don't, I don't love you enough to show you my browser history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, you know, you just start to like, I don't know. You start to take pieces and like, well, what, how, how do I, how do I make it as clear as possible? How do I make it as immediate as possible? And I see it all as the same, whether it's writing or design or yeah. any of these kind of projects. So you taking notes on a regular basis, like in your everyday life? Yeah. I'm always writing on my phone. Like yeah, I'm always right. Like, I don't, I, so I don't even know what it is. It's just like I'm just writing like an idea. It's like it could just be, you know, a, a phrase or a runoff sentence or something. Like I'm just like I don't know what that means or where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, just always capturing it. And that's why I like, you know, I'm a big stand-up comedian fan. Yeah, me too. Um, and I think there's a lot of parallels between what we do um, and stand-up comedians. I actually think the way, you know, people that are really excellent in our field really resent, like, I think there's a big part of the design field that, um, maybe doesn't relate, but I think the people that tend to be excellent are not unlike stand-up comedians and in, in, in their ability to really observe things, catalog things, yeah, exactly. f- see what's, yeah, what's exciting about an idea and. Yeah. I've definitely- and taking and taking uh, it's about, it's also just about taking references and taking cliches and then flipping them on their head. Yes, yeah, you know, and that's what it's you know, and that's all it is, and the way you 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 kind of recycle an idea um, into a new way that's fresh and or funny or compelling or provocative. And so, so. with the new project, uh, how did what was the moment that that started to develop? Uh, that kind of started to develop right after. 40 days a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, me, Jessica and I had kind of gone through a lot w- w- in terms of, you know, creating that and not really knowing what would happen. Um, <clears throat> and then because it went viral and became so kind of successful in that sense, dealing with that and also the, the, our relationship and repairing our, our friendship mm. and trying to go through that, you know, as the world was kind of reading it. Um, was was a you know and we didn't always treat each other well enough or support each other well enough through that process and i think when it all was said and done and the dust settled and and also when we were writing our the the 40 days book um and having a chance to have some perspective on all on all of it we really kind of were like well that was interesting like why you know and also how how you know obviously like so many people loved it or maybe they didn't love it but they still followed it or they hated to love it or loved to hate it yeah and also like seeing how many people you know becoming some sort of you know because it went mainstream yeah. and becoming like a public persona in some way and people bashing you in, in comment sections of of newsweek or something yeah. or, um or then seeing people within the design community um not lo- love it not liking it or you know, talking unfavorably about us all of a sudden was like, whoa, like this is, it's, it struck a nerve for sure. This is weird. And like, I don't know, like all of a sudden now I'm like, uh, you know, 
<clears throat> I'm almost like like a two dimensional person. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy to see yourself being projected as um, as a marketable, you know. Yeah, but being projected, but it's it's weird to see yourself being projected as a two-dimensional character or as a lampoon when you know you're a real person with three-dimensional qualities full of good and bad things and you know and so it's hard it's you know it can be difficult so we had it was through that whole process that we kind of kept coming back to one or two words and that was kindness and empathy and why do we lack why do we lack it and why don't we have it enough and why do we have preconceived opinions about people and not others and all those kind of things. So was the catalyst of kindness and empathy was the catalyst uh the the way that the the aftermath of that project like the way that it Yeah. Yeah, so okay. So yeah. that's interesting. And, and the aftermath of not the creating of the project but, but the, the response of the residual effects of the project. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of all came through that. And then, you know, and, and, and the opposite of these, of kindness and empathy to me is really not, not necessarily meanness, but apathy mm. and selfishness. And so what would it mean to create some sort of, you know, <laughs> the world's first 12 step program to cure selfishness and apathy? I mean, there's a 12 step program for literally everything. There's like 230 in the United States. Um, was there, was there a uh, moment where you guys came up with that idea? No, I wouldn't say there was like a definitive moment. It was a, a, at first it started with like, what if we did stuff about helping people? Yeah. And then it, and then it, and there was no 12 step thing yet, but it would, the whole thing was about kindness and empathy and how we could learn to become better and kinder, more empathetic people, how we could absorb our own selfishness. Not to say that we were going to change, just to kind of like work on that, you know, to to work on that part. And so, so it kept evolving through us kind of brainstorming, going back and forth, coming up with ideas. And then it started, and then we started having like different projects within it. And, and then that's when it started like, Oh, like, this could be like a 12 step thing, you yeah. know, like, and taking, t- taking, um, you know, idioms and popular phrases, like don't walk a mile in my shoes or so on and so forth and literally applying them into our lives. I've been looking for a new book to read and I started reading uh, design as art by Bruno Minari. You ever read that? No. All right. I I don't know if I'm going to read it. I don't know if it's really hitting me right, but there's an interesting quote. It's and this is made in 1966 and he says, "The designer is therefore the artist of today, not because he is a genius, but because he works in such a way as to reestablish contact between art and the public." And I found it to be really interesting because I think that was 1966, and when I first read that, I thought, that's brilliant, because I have a really disconnect to the contemporary art scene in that I don't know that it, that it really connects with the general public. Uh, yeah. and, and, I, and at the same time, I look at people like you and, and other people, um, other people in the design world and illustration world and think, some of these people really are connecting with regular people and I thought, man, that's such a great phrase. But then beyond that, with 
with design feeling so insular, I almost, I strive to like find a different terminology and I don't think we're going to come up with anything great here, but I, you know, the project that you and, uh, Jessica Walsh have done the, the, the 40 days of dating and the new 12 steps of kindness. It's almost like, um, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in a category because it's writing, it's poetry, it's art, it's video, but it's, you know, it's like the art as a project, as like a social experiment. And yeah. I feel like you're hitting on something that is striking people in a way where you're really connecting to people with art. And yeah, I'm just interested to see, uh, how that things de develops because I think you're hitting on something really new and, and, and fascinating. Yeah. It's been interesting for us too, because we do feel like we're, we are creating something that hasn't quite existed, um, yeah. in terms of, uh, cause it's a lot of things, you know, it, it it's obviously, um, <clears throat> it's a blog. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, but the mixed media component t makes it something else. Obviously, there's the actual these. There's the actions mm. of what we're doing. We're not just writing. We're we're actually participating in an agreed upon experiment that we've created um, that we have to go through. So it becomes a social experiment turned into a blog, um, turned into some sort of uh, I don't know. It kind of what I, I think kind of shits out as some sort of web web online web reality in some sense yeah um which is interesting too because i don't know if if anything like that quite exists in the same way mm. um so it's been interesting for us as well because we don't quite know you know when you're making something you have references and points of reference to kind of say oh well that worked that way and that didn't work that way and, and so for this it's kind of like we're a little bit in the dark yeah what we're creating uh we just have each other to kind of trust and obviously you know making 40 days um and the success of that uh gave us a point of reference yeah and it was also a, co a conversation whether we'd want to create something similar again uh in terms of i mean in terms of form um yeah. but we did you know it was it was important for us to do it this in a similar way obviously i think this this is much more this is presented in a much I'm, outside of the topic. Is the form is presented in a much more mature level yeah. than Forty Days was? Yeah. Um, there's something really valuable to like finding a, a new lane. You know, I think there's a lot of people that um, can get stuck in the the romantic side of the history of art and design and illustration, and and want to take part in that. And, and repeat things that were done, but there's actually, you know, all this value in being present in the moment that we're in right now. And, you know, I found that the podcast for me, you know, it's, it's obviously a more established medium, uh, than what you guys are working in because, you know, what you're doing doesn't even really have a name. Uh, but, but I found the podcast thing is so young that the, the momentum of this podcast has been like a snowball down a hill. Whereas, you know, when I go into the kids book realm or, um, these more established things, it's really like rolling up a, a boulder up a hill and it, you get that bottleneck situation because everybody's racing to do those things. And so, yeah, I don't, I've definitely found uh value in kind of 
experimenting and trying trying new things and i think you guys have yeah definitely explored and stumbled upon some really interesting uh things there yeah and i think i think it's we have we did stumble on it you know i don't think it was in, in some way it was intentional of course to to um make it public and to put it out yeah um, we just wanted to do these things first because we had a question about you know the a fundamental question why yeah. why are we like this you know why am i like this in relationship why am i so selfish why am i you know and so what can we do um how to use our, our lives as a catalyst yes to um you know get to get somewhere with that with those questions are you or are you a different person before you started 40 days and then after all of it you know erupted and and ran yeah. its course yeah for sure and what what would the uh what what's the difference between that old you and the new you well i would just say that like i'm just much more in tune with my my vulnerability and i'm much yeah. more interested in that and i'm much more interested in showcase and just on a personal level i'm just more interested in that i'm much more interested in what it means to be human and to um see myself in these moments you know, Clearly. know go ahead yeah. no i just you know and i'm also i also think that i'm uh, i'm not afraid to say that i'm a um um <clears throat> recovering sexist turned feminist yeah you know? yeah I'm, I think, you know, I think that we're not always um, keen to our behavior, that project and what happened afterwards opened my eyes up to a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. And seeing yourself when you know you have good intentions yet you don't, you're not doing, you're not putting your best foot forward or you're not projecting yourself in the right way. Not that you, I don't think, not that you should always worry about. How you're being projected or perceived. Yeah, but I yeah. think that it is, you know, when you start to see yourself in different views like that, it, it gives you a lot of perspective. So using your uh, art or design or whatever you want to call it as a microscope on yourself was a, a pretty, seems like it was an intense uh, kind of experience. And you seem to have pushed that even further with the next project. What did you get from being vulnerable and putting yourself under that microscope publicly well i think what what you get is like you know like all we want to use resolutions as an example right yeah like all resolutions how often do you do you keep them Mm. you know so many of us scrap them in a couple weeks yeah but by holding by by creating parameters and also um documenting it in a way to put it public you're in a lot of ways it's it's an act to, to hold you accountable to mm. follow through with it yeah otherwise it would be all too easy just to be like you know what I'm not gonna be my dad maybe i'll do it another time yeah just putting it aside or whatever or you know it's a nice idea to like you know think about this this selfishness stuff and whatever but you know i'll do it another time or something yeah um, oh, so it's like a you know, like a just like the like a twelve step program. The forty days yeah. of dating was also a 
a vehicle to really tangibly go through some issues. It wasn't something abstract like just randomly dating. It was something that, yeah, made you got got you to examine it on a on a more specific basis and had different accountability and and the yeah. new project some is the same. Of, you know, a lot of these things we did in this project were some of the most profound experiences of my life so far. So mm. it's like, and I don't, I wouldn't have done it had I had we not created these parameters. You know, obviously people question our motives for these things, and that's human. And we've questioned we question our own motives mm. as well. You know. Um, but one of the goals with this project and putting it public, though, is to inspire others to see, you know, to see that in their own lives as well. Yes. Um, and, and actually, I found there to be this thing where, um, and I haven't found good words for it yet, but it seems like um, you either have a, a, a worldview that's win-win or it's lose-lose. And it's like, for me, it's like I can see all the value that comes from uh, this for you as well as for your career, but then also for you personally, and then also for other people personally. And I don't understand why that being mutually beneficial has to be exclusive. It's actually, for me, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that totally. And I think all you have to do is go to the comment section on 12 kinds of kindness on uh, Jessica's step four and Jessica's step five, go to the comment section. I think that's all you need to. And to I know. saw that and it actually uh, blew me away. And I thought, you know, it's People so coming forward saying, I too was sexually abused or I too suffer from mental illness and yeah. I'm going through this and thank you so much for sharing this and, you know, and, and, you know, feeling like they have an outlet, you know, to talk to because I mean, that, that's what it's all about, man. Mm. And actually, um, one of the quotes that Jessica says in one of those steps is about the power in uh, speaking a secret and that it loses its power when you do yeah. that. And I wondered if, um, being so vulnerable through 40 days and through this project, if that has brought about a new confidence personally, but also, um, professionally, just in that when people are affirming you for these things, you know, they're affirming the real you. And then also people are rejecting the real you when they reject you, but at least yeah. you kind of know where you're, you stand. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting because I think so many people creatively are creating out of a lot of different motives that maybe aren't as uh, as honest. And that, so that's really interesting. The thing that's really powerful about it is, and, and, and what I really am compelled by and, and inspired by through your career is your ability to to, you know that you that your work went mainstream and connected outside of the design world and i think one of the things that really was on my mind through all of that is that often i think when 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 a company comes to someone who's an established artist and they see their following and they see that they have worked with a you know a plethora of good clients and all that stuff that they're often like assuming that here's a person that connects with people like people you know their work resonates with uh with people but often it seems like ah, people are entrenched in the industry and a lot of the work is resonating with designers but yeah. they don't actually have a following outside of designers but so that's a really interesting thing to me is that 
I think, you know, I don't know, but it seems like from what you were saying that there was places in the design world that maybe don't love what you're doing or, 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 yeah. ha, you know, turn their nose up to it, to it or something. Yeah. Um, but which, 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 you know, it hurts. It, it's hard to accept that because, yeah. um, you want to always be supported and welcomed by your own community first. Yes. Um, so that's an interesting thing. And obviously, um, uh, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm wholeheartedly not, yeah. You know, I'm just saying, you know, I think w- w- what becomes difficult is when um, peers, you know, people of your own generation, your similar, um, similar come up and success and all those kind of things, mm-hmm. um, when they reject what you do, that's when you're like, it, it creates an interesting um, dynamic within yourself to kind of Oh, think it's really about. bizarre because I, I find that... Um you know, on Instagram or whatever as a good metric, like I only really care if the people that I think make great work like my stuff. Like that's when something, that's when, um, at least in the past, that's where I was like, that's what I'm kind of shooting for. You're like, yeah, my, the people that I think are awesome think my work's good. And there's something about that that's really natural. On the other side of it, like I put off putting the, doing this podcast for a long time, even though, um, I kind of knew that I had to do it, that it was, you know, one of the m- more authentic things that I could do. And it's definitely been the most successful thing that I've done. And, and do you think you put it off because you were nervous about what people would think? I knew, yeah, I kind of knew that, um, I would be going into a territory that would Open be polar. Trip. It would be polarizing. And I know it is. I know there are people that, that I respect in, in, uh, and really like what they do that they see what I'm doing and think that, you know, have a lot of opinions on it that aren't good. But I almost feel like that breakout moment is where you go, where you go from kind of average to doing something at least interesting. And that, yeah. And that's the thing that I saw 40 days. I think the first time I saw it, I thought, I was taken aback and just like, man, what is that? Like, what is going on? And, I and just kind of like surprised and and didn't know how I felt about it. And then the the as you were like releasing the videos and um the more I thought about it the more I thought, well, you've now separated yourself from the pack in a really interesting way that took a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's polarizing. It is. And you know but actually, yeah, so- what they always say is like, um, if everybody likes what you do, that's not actually fantastic. The, the analogy no, I always give is like, you know, if you had gluten-free, dairy-free, buttered spaghetti, like everybody could eat that as a meal, but no, nobody would be thrilled about it. Nobody would be like telling their friends about it, you know? But if you, <laughs> if you serve something interesting, you're going to get a lot of people that really, really hate it. Yeah. But then you're also going to have people that, are obsessed with it. And I think unless you're doing that kind of work, you're really just, you know, creating white noise and there's not really that, that much of a point to it. Um, was that a, was that a hard experience? And, you know, do you think you're through the other side of that? Oh yeah. I'm definitely through the other side of that. Yes. Um, it was hard at times. I wouldn't say, you know, it didn't, I don't know if it like rocked me, but I think it's just, it's a hard thing. It's a hard pill to swallow when you, you when um, you know, people that you respect, people you know, 
in the industry, um, when they reject something you're doing, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Bob Dylan in whatever, 1965, when he stopped playing acoustic and went electric, Yeah, you know, yeah. all his, yeah, a lot of his friends and peers and heroes mm. in the folk world rejected him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you have a sense before so you guys like, launched that first project that, um, that it was going to be polarizing? In a sense, yeah. I mean, we definitely thought, you know, not everyone's going to love this. Yeah. You know, it's easy to just, um, it's easy to chalk it up as some cheesy dating thing. Mm. Um, it was also, you know, it, it's also interesting to hear how many people have, to, have told me, well, you know, I saw the name and I, you know, I read the thing and I was like rolling my eyes. But then as I started reading and reading and reading, you know, how, how much I got invested because of how raw we were about the, yeah. you know, about what we were talking about. Um, so I also wonder how many people who hate it on it actually read it. Do you think, yeah, and actually, you know, the first, again, first wind I got of it, I, I definitely was like, what is this? And then I, as soon as I engaged with it, I was like, this is a really human thing that is just uh, a level of interesting that you don't see in our, our field very often. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a point that I think about a lot. It's a point I talk to friends about a lot. Um, this this idea that, like, obviously, you know, in the design community, which, um, you know, we all have careers because of, and we hire each other, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and we make money from each other, and we get, you know, pat on, pats on the back from each other, which is all, I think, you know, I think there's value in all of that. And you True. need, I mean, obviously, a lot of us, you know, I, all the commercial work I do is because people in agencies who are designers or art directors or, you know, they hire me. So, yeah. um, it's a beautiful thing. The thing that gets interesting to me is, is the writing about design, the talking about design all the time mm. to designers where I think that we are <clears throat> as designers and art directors and illustrators, we are, we have so much, um, to, to offer we ha we're interesting people i think we're smart yeah. people and we have tools that are very unique and and why don't we talk about other things in the you know with the parameters of design and yeah. illustration and art direction yeah you know what i mean so that's what me and jessica are trying to do with a lot of these different kinds of projects that's why you know i started my writing series last year as well it's like, why can't, like, I'm interested in talking about human stories yes. through the filter of my tools as a designer and art director. I'm not interested in talking about design through the filter of design. I'm interested yeah. in talking about humanity. You know what I mean? I'm talking, I want to talk about how up I am. I want to talk about yeah. how, how crazy I am or what's going on in my life or, or how we all connect and how all these stories are universal. So, that's what I'm yeah, interested in. Definitely. It's not that, that's not to say that, I mean, listen, people, you know, like, I think it's very important to have an industry, you know, have a, uh, an industry that is talking about design and, and, and I, I don't, I'm not putting down anything yeah. um, when it comes to that stuff, but 
It's yeah, and I'm and and that's the thing is that, like I said, uh, you know, I have a podcast where I've spoke seventy plus hours about uh, design and illustration and commercial art. So I'm definitely not um, dissing anybody, but I do think it's actually a much more uh, difficult achievement to really comment on life, but at the same time, as as artists. That's really supposed to be our value, I think, is to be able to connect to regular people. Like, and so anyway, I, I've just really sure, appreciated that. Sure. And um, well, we're supposed to connect to regular people. We're supposed to. I don't know if that's true, though. I really? think a lot of people would argue that. I think a lot of people would say, as designers, you are supposed to. Um, you know, you're supposed to tell a client's story to humans, right? Um, not your story, and you're not supposed to. You know, sure, you should make something should feel should you know if there's a, if you're creating a user face or you know an interface, then then there should be some te- some quality that feels intuitive or something, and yeah. one could argue that's human. Or if you're creating a logo, people need to you know it's got to represent something that people want to engage with or something, um, or an identity system or something. I think, but I don't think I think a lot of designers would disagree and say that. We're supposed to be doing more than that. Oh man, thank you so much, Tim, Timothy, Tim, Tim, Timothy Goodman, uh, for being on the show. I uh, couldn't appreciate it more. You brought the goods. You have brought so much insight into the show, and I really appreciate it. I'm sure it's going to be a big favorite. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope this episode helps you find clarity and strategy for your creative career. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to our proud syndicate, Illustration Age. Thank you to the Free Music Archive and the band Aninon for their song Cosmic Slop. Thanks for the iTunes reviews and the new Patreon backers. I see you and I'm very, very grateful to your help. Thanks for listening. Remember, creative success is all about staying motivated and dedicated. So do whatever you got to do to stay pepped up. I'm out of here. Thanks. You have such a radio voice. Yeah. It's funny, man. Like, that's such a weird thing. It's something that I'm actually told often, and I've never, I never thought of that before I did the podcast. I never, I never really consider it. So it's a weird. This is your calling, man. Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, but, but, um, it's also kind of like telling someone they have like a, a nice nose because it's like, it's totally out of my control. So it's like, okay, I guess, you know, thanks. <laughs> Thanks to the well, to the genes, listen, I, I didn't guess. say you had a nice voice. I just said you had a radio. Good <laughs> okay. <laughs> so don't go right. too far. Okay. Right. All right. <laughs> I won't take it too far.